Dad the Man, the guy who's living life the right way by loving and leading his family. World class at his craft and admired by many, but more importantly, he sets the tone for what a great man, husband, and father looks like. That's who Dad the Man is. And the truth is, as men, husbands, and fathers, we experience and struggle with so many of the same things. And it's time we recognize that we're all in this together. So drop your ego at the door and join us in the conversation. Welcome to Dad the Man. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And today, I do have an ask for you. If you are enjoying the show, if you are learning anything at all, or if you have any takeaways from today's episode, please do me a huge favor and help me to continue to share the show, whether that's mentioning it to a friend at work or texting somebody or just sharing us on on social media. I cannot thank you enough for your support. So today's guest is none other than Daniel Carlson. Daniel's the starting kicker for the Las Vegas Raiders. He kicked at my alma mater, Auburn University, War Eagle, for four straight years where he had a tremendous career and became the SEC's all-time leading scorer. He was selected in the fifth round by the Minnesota Vikings in the 2018 NFL Draft, but after a rough game in Minnesota, he was cut and he was picked up by the Las Vegas Raiders where he's been ever since. He's been the NFL's leading scorer in two of the last three seasons, And just last year, he signed a big contract extension, locking him in with the Raiders for the next four years. I really enjoyed hearing Daniel's perspective on the uncertain times in his career as a newly married man, and also the significance of the stability provided by a four-year contract as a father of one with number two on the way. As an Auburn guy, I've rooted for Daniel throughout his entire career, and after getting to chat with him, it only reinforced my perception of him as a strong, humble dude with a calm confidence about him. There's just literally nothing to not like about this guy. On the field, he has ice in his veins, he's as clutch as they come, and off the field, he lives a life deeply rooted in faith and devoted to his young and growing family. But above it all, he's an incredible man, husband, and father, and I'm pumped that I had the opportunity to chat with him. So here's my conversation with the Daniel Carlson. And we are live with the starting kicker for the Las Vegas Raiders, the one and only Daniel Carlson. So Daniel, I want to first thank you, man, for jumping on with us today, for making some time. I'm super pumped to chat with you. I'm an Auburn alum and a huge Auburn football fan uh, myself. And obviously you had just an amazing career at Auburn, four incredible years kicking on the plains. So I've been a big fan of yours for a long time and getting to watch you have this transition and carry all the success with you from college into the start of your NFL career where you're absolutely killing it. I mean, it's been so cool to get to watch you carry that into the NFL. Now that you're in the NFL professional athlete, you got a lot of attention, both on television and social media and everything like that. Um, I really appreciate the way that you're just a great ambassador for Auburn university. Um, always got to give a plug to Auburn uh, where I can, but even more, Importantly than that, I think you're doing a really good job of being that example for um, the rest of us out here to kind of look up to you, to follow you as young leaders in our families, as men, husbands, and fathers for our families in those roles. I think you're doing a great job of leading from the front in that regard. So thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for doing it the way that you do it. Thanks for making some time for us. And with all that being said, the one and only Daniel Carlson, welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. 
Absolutely. Hey, thank you for having me. I, like I said, we, we talked a little before. I mean, this is this is a great kind of podcast and thing to share um, with men across the U.S. world, hopefully one day, you know, and, um, you know, I, it's an honor to be here. And I, I don't think I'm necessarily doing anything special. Um, you know, I'm just doing the best with what God's given me. So, um, you know, it's it's been a heck of a journey and excited to share a little bit with you and just chat with you a little bit today. Awesome. Well, amen to that, brother. Um, so let's kick it off. Let's go back to your childhood. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what your childhood was like, who you were as a kid, siblings, where you grew up, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So I was born in Dallas, Texas, middle kid. Um, so an older brother and a younger brother, younger brothers, obviously he's a kicker at Auburn right now. So a big war eagle to that. He followed in my footsteps. Um, grew up in Dallas and then we moved to Colorado when I was really young. So grew up mostly in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, I was the like average middle child, just stirring the pot, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, and we grew up playing soccer. So me and my two brothers played soccer. My dad's half, or he's full Swedish. So I'm half Swedish. Um, and so we, we grew up playing all these European sports, soccer. He's a tennis coach. We, we played a bunch of tennis growing up, hockey, all that good stuff. Um, and you know, pretty good childhood, you know, mom and dad were real close. Um, they, they, they did a great job raising us, uh, properly, I think. And, uh, so in 2000, skip ahead, 2008, we all moved over to Sweden for a year. And so we got to see a whole different side of the world, you know, different culture. And so me, I was in eighth grade. So that was, you know, middle schooler moving over to, another country that's that's tough for a middle schooler you know you got to make new friends learn new language all that stuff oh yeah um, and so it, it was a really cool experience and that was kind of a big moment for our childhood um and my older brother actually ended up staying in sweden after the rest of us moved back so he ended up playing professional soccer when he was i think he was 16 17 years old um wow. and stayed and lived in sweden by himself and so then it's me and Anders, my little brother, we moved back to the States. I'm going into high school. And that's that's when I actually fell into football. Um, we were at church one day and a church family friend was like, hey, we need a kicker this year. I know um, you guys play soccer. Would you be interested in, in trying it out? And that was kind of all, all that happened. I was like, all right, we'll go right after church. And we had like an unofficial tryout. Um, tried to make a couple extra points, made a few. So um, the rest was kind of history from there. But um, had an awesome, you know, experience growing up in Colorado Springs, a little of Texas, Sweden, like I said, got to see a lot of different places. Um, and then my mom's family is from Alabama, from the Birmingham area. And so that's kind of where we had some ties um, to the South and why I ended up eventually going to Auburn, even though both my parents went to Alabama, so they were big, you know, <laughs> at first I grew up hating Auburn, all that good stuff, uh, cheering for the tide, but came around, um, fell in love with Auburn when I was getting recruited and all that, and um, just had the time of my life at Auburn, met my beautiful wife, now we're, you know, five years out of college, um, and we're in Las Vegas, obviously, now I've had a wild up and down journey um through the nfl lived in minnesota oakland california uh, las vegas now so it's it's been an awesome ride we've got a little one-year-old she's 17 months and then we have another one joining us we don't know boy or girl 
Oh boy. Um, April 4th is, is the due date. So right around the corner. That's coming here. up, man. Right around the corner. So That's we're crazy. Fired up, but um, it's, it's been awesome. It's been, you know, more than I could have ever asked or imagined um, God, you know, putting me in situations that I would have never dreamed of. So it, it, it's been a really cool ride and very blessed. Well, congrats on the, uh, on the newest edition uh, coming along the way. It's funny hearing you talk about your, your parents both being, big Alabama fans. I, I remember when you were coming through and recruiting, I actually worked in the athletic department a little bit. So I helped a little bit on some of the visits. And I remember like the murmur being like, all right, so his parents are both big, you know, they're Bammers. We, you know, we got a hill to climb here. We got some wood to chop. Uh, so glad it worked out. My mom's uh, ringtone at the time was the Alabama fight song. <laughs> so we're up in the coach's hallway and her phone starts going off and it's the fight song and she's scrambling through her purse and she can't find it and coaches are popping their heads out of their offices what is going on um so that i mean that was tough that was pretty embarrassing and you know i was like mom we gotta you know we still gotta sell them on us a little i'm not like kickers aren't the highest recruits in the world you know i i can't be playing the alabama fight song in their hallway here so um, that's hysterical how'd you how'd you get your parents on board uh, they didn't have to pay for college. So they, yeah, they didn't, they didn't really care at that point, I think. Um, and they, I mean, they loved Auburn and they, they still do. Um, and obviously my little brother followed me there and, you know, so now we've got some pretty strong ties to Auburn. I, I think they've, you know, they, they, they still appreciate Alabama and, um, all that, but I, I think they're pretty, pretty Auburn people now. So your uh, your brother has one more year to kick, and then after that he'll he'll be out of there. Who are they going to pull for on Iron Bowl Saturday once he's gone? I, I really think they're going to stick around for Auburn. I think they've been too Good. many Auburn games recently. I mean, we've had so I got there at 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's they've been there almost 10 years cheering for the Tigers now. So yeah, I, mean, I think that's going to be tough for them to step back and just abandon the tiger we'll see i we'll see what ends up happening 10 more years from now yeah that's that's awesome well war eagle um so you mentioned you had a year where you went over to sweden and then ended up coming back what took you guys back and forth in that year yeah so my dad had a job opportunity um where it was kind of a one-year appointment over there um through a it was a sports kind of like young life but uh Mm -hmm. for sports it was called sports for life um, so he had a one year opportunity over there and, uh, my parents had always wanted us to kind of experience a different culture and move around, you know, obviously him being full Swedish, he had all his family over there. So, you know, it, it was always a dream of his and theirs to kind of have us experience that as kids at some point. Um, so like I said, I, I remember sitting at the table and everybody kind of family voting on it. And I was the one I was like, I do not want to go to Sweden. You know, I got my friends here. I'm about to go to high yeah. school next year. Um, you know, but it, looking back on it, it was unbelievable experience just to see a different culture and kind of be in different situations that, yeah, they were a little uncomfortable trying to learn the language and, you know, speaking broken Swedish to friends and stuff like that. Um, but it, it was an awesome experience looking back on it. Is there anything that stands out to you as like a lesson that maybe, or not maybe not a lesson, but like a perspective that you maybe may have picked up in that time over there? You know, living in a different country, obviously yeah. different culture. Mm-hmm. Has there anything that's really been anything that stuck with you? Yeah, I mean, moving from like the suburbs of Colorado to we lived in a two bedroom, so there are five of us in a two bedroom apartment in this city, Erdebru, Sweden. 
um, right near Main Street. So like kind of a city lifestyle, uh, mm-hmm. very different. We, you know, me and my brothers rode bikes everywhere to practice the school, you know, so we had a lot more responsibility. I think we were probably in a car like two or three times that entire year. Um, you know, everything's kind of public transportation or biking or walking, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, just completely different than a lot of the things we do in the U.S. Um, and like I said, that eighth grade age obviously is, you know, pretty transitional years. And so to get to do that somewhere that I'm unfamiliar with, um, I, I think that was really awesome and, and helped me a lot you know, grow and mature in different ways that I would have been in my comfortable environment in Colorado. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So jumping back into your story, first of all, I think shout out to the friend from church who pulled you out onto the football field. That seemed to work out pretty well for you. Um, that's awesome. How long did it take? So you get out there, kick a couple extra points. You said, when did you kind of realize like, Oh man, this could be for real for me. Yeah. So, I mean that literally that day, like I kicked the first extra point and then I think we're like, all right, you got the job. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty quick where they could tell like, Hey, I, I had a big leg. Like I've always kind of been naturally, you know, I, on the soccer field, I always had the biggest leg mm-hmm. and that somewhat transitioned over to football, but really I always had plans and dreams of playing professional soccer. And so even through those first two years of high school, um, I was playing, you know, club soccer. I was playing high school soccer. I was, that was priority number one. And I would basically show up to football games on Friday nights and maybe 20, 30 minutes here and there for a practice once in a while. Um, So it was very kind of secondary. I was just there to help the team. And Mm -hmm. it it was great because I had obviously friends on the football team in high school. So it it was kind of a, you know, just for fun thing for me. Um, But after that second year, I'd gotten like all state the first two years and stuff. So I I realized I was pretty naturally good at it. Um, And then after that second year, I kind of started to fall in love with it, just working on it more on my own. Um, And I think somewhere along the lines, I also realized, hey, I'm I'm a good soccer player. I was getting recruited by like small D2 schools, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't going to be the next superstar or anything. And in football, I was just getting better and better. And so that obviously helps make a decision of like, hey, where do I really see my college future and where do I want to chase after this? Um, And so going into junior year was when I really started switching that priority from soccer to football. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just absolutely fell in love with it, became obsessed with it after that. That's awesome. So then you, you take that, you, you obviously end up at Auburn. You mentioned that you, uh, you met your now wife then at down on the plains. So when did you guys get married? So we got married. Let's see. I, so I did a retreat. Not to put you on the spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we got married literally the January right after football season. So okay. we looked at the calendar and said, okay, the national championship game is this weekend. We'll get married the next weekend. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we were pretty like, Hey, we want to get married. And, you know, we had, at that point we knew I'd have a shot at the NFL and we were like, Mm -hmm. we want to do all that together. And, you know, she was living in Knoxville working at the time after she graduated from Auburn. So there was a year we did kind of long distance, all that while we were engaged. And then after that, we were like, all right, we want to, you know, go on this journey together and figure out what's in store for us, um, going forward after college. So, um, yeah, we got married January 13th, right after, um, the football season ended. That's awesome. And then you go, so that's right before, I guess that fall is 
I guess you're heading to the NFL that fall and then you get drafted yeah, yeah. to Minnesota. So literally like going to the, I mean, I guess the combines right now. So in two months after the wedding was a combine, I think mm-hmm. we went on like a three day honeymoon because I had to get back for the uh, senior bowl in mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, it, I mean, it was a quick turnaround, but we were like, you know, we just wanted to move in together, be married, start that journey before we started the NFL journey. And, you know, there's a lot of, we had no idea where we were going. Obviously we ended up in Minnesota and got drafted there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it was fun to be able to do that with my wife and learn, you know, all these situations together um, and kind of go through the fire in some areas together, moving around and, you know, having to make new friends that in a place we've never been to, you know, I'd never been in Minnesota before. So um, it, it was really cool. And, you know, that's, that's what we wanted to do. Um, so, so we could, yeah, I think it put us on a fast track for our marriage that we got to do all those things together early on. Yeah, that's awesome. I can relate to that. My wife and I got married uh, pretty shortly after school as well. And, you know, it's, like you said, it puts you on the fast track. You, that's a big transitional time, like early twenties, trying to figure out who you are as people and to be able to grow together in that way. It's, um, I could, you know, I, similar to what you're saying, I could say it's, it's been an amazing experience. And one of the things I'm most proud of that we've kind of been able to grow through a lot of things, um, together. So anyway, you end up, you get, you get drafted, you're in Minnesota and then you get cut somewhere in, in that season after a tough game. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Just, I guess, from the perspective of being a, a young husband, you know, thinking about starting a family, like what's going through your head at that point in time. So it was, so we made it through preseason camp with Minnesota. I beat out the vet. And so they gave me the job kind of that going into the third preseason game. So with mm-hmm. two weeks left, we got, we got an apartment and um, we just rented an apartment obviously, but we were like, okay, we're going to be here in Minnesota. Awesome. We're excited about that. It was a summer in Minnesota. So it wasn't like negative 20 degrees yet. So we, we were loving it. Um, and then week two of the season, you know, just a few weeks away, I get cut and released. And then we're like, what the heck are we doing in Minnesota? <laughs> um, and yeah, for, for me, that was not only for a football career standpoint, was it tough, but I mean, we were less than six months married and I'm, you know, I have my wife, Catherine, and we're like sitting in our apartment that now we're like, why are we in this apartment? Why are we stuck in a lease here? Um, Cause we're like, we have no idea what, you know, God had in store for us after that. I didn't know if, you know, we were going to play football again, what was going to happen. And, you know, she had obviously followed with me to Minnesota and put her goals and her career on hold for a while. Um, and so it, it was interesting, but like I said, I think, it really helped us grow quickly and kind of grow together um, quickly and kind of going through that fire and having to figure out, you know, Hey, what, what do we really want to prioritize? Do we want to keep chasing after football? You know, are we going to go panic and go get a normal job? You know, we both had degrees. That's great. Um, We were going to move back down South. Were we going to stay in Minnesota and just grind it out? Oh, we still had this apartment. Um, and so I think, you know, through a lot of prayer, a lot of time, you know, just talking and discussing with each other and obviously her supporting me in a lot of ways to help me be able to continue to chase my career um, was, was really special. And, you know, obviously at the time it wasn't necessarily, necessarily fun, but I mean, those are some of our fondest memories, you know, because we, we did have kind of, we were kind of on our own 
in a different environment in Minnesota, you know, at that mm -hmm. point, the team's still playing. So I, I couldn't really hang out with my old teammates and stuff like that. And it was just kind of awkward, um, obviously, because I'm not on team anymore. Yep. Uh, so it was really, really just me and her, obviously family, you know, is there and supporting, but they're not in Minnesota. Um, and so we were on probably about five weeks where we're on a team and then Oakland Raiders picked me up at the time. Um, and so, you know, but for five weeks, we had no idea what was going to happen. And, you know, we we're just hoping for praying for a phone call. And uh, luckily it ended up happening, but I mean, we couldn't have done it without my wife and, uh, it, it was a really, it was a tough experience, but it was a really cool experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that had to be just an incredible test of faith to to go through something like that. Um, but like you said, that's so cool that you guys got to walk that walk through that together, and you got kind of got to lean lean on each other and, and grow together through that. That's so cool. Um, so then, you know, obviously things have worked out pretty well for you since then um, with with the Raiders um, this past off season. I know you signed a big extension. Talk to me a little bit about that too. I, 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 the first thing that comes to my mind now, it's funny now that I'm doing the show and I see something like that. I'm thinking like, what does that feel like as a dad? Like, obviously like financially, yes. I think that kind of speaks for itself, but just for your stability to be able to be, you've got some comfort that you can sit still in one place for at least a certain amount of years. Like talk to me a little bit about that. hundred percent. I mean, this is the first time in my career where really I haven't been on like a one year deal almost now. Because once, you, especially once you get cut, you kind of realize how quick, you know, a lot of people say the NFL stands for not for long because it does happen so much quicker than you think. I mean, the average career is two years. So mm -hmm. you know, going into year five now, I'm, I'm well past that. Um, but yeah, so you sign a big deal like that and you get four years, you know, you're in Vegas and we've started to really love Vegas. And, you know, it's, it's different than the South. It's different than, you know, kind of what both of us grew up in, but um, we've really grown to love it. And yeah, now I've got a 17 month old. So um, I mean, it's so cool to kind of have that stability where you can start dreaming of, Hey, like by the time this contract is up, Lily, our daughter is going to be in kindergarten or about to be in kindergarten. And so it's really cool to, you know, finally be able to have some plans in our head at least, but we also know that, you know, God always laughs at our plans when we try and make them. So um, you know, nothing's ever set in stone and, you know, a lot can change in a matter of a couple of years for sure. But um, I mean, it's, it's awesome just for our family. Cause I know, yeah, from a financial standpoint, of course, that's a huge deal, but also just having some structure in our life and knowing that we're going to be able to plant some roots at church here in Vegas at, you know, with our neighbors, with friends outside of just football. Um, it, it's really special. And we're really fired up about that. Well, congratulations. I know that's got to be a big relief in a, in a lot of ways, as, as you're expressing there. Um, another question I'm really interested to ask, I, I had Eric Decker on not too long ago, and we were talking about what it was like being a professional athlete with a newborn baby at home and what that is like. Uh, so I'd love to hear your take on that, like what kind of challenges that presents and how that kind of changes things. Yeah, so we... Um... We had Lily, we went straight to the hospital after a Monday night football game. Uh, so that was 20, 2020, um, middle of COVID. It was kind of that year. There were no fans in a lot of the stadiums and all that. So it was week mm -hmm. two of the season, the first ever game in Vegas. And so like, it, it was a really big football game. Yeah. Uh, and it actually ended up being a really close game. And we kicked a game that we're, 
it was going to be a two possession game if we kicked the field goal mm-hmm. with a minute left. So the game game was going to be over if we made it. And it was a 54 yarder. So it was a big kick. And I remember the last thought having, we knew we were going to go to the hospital after. I was like, I better make this kick because <laughs> I don't want to be in a bad mood. And, you know, <laughs> maybe we lose the game, whatever happens. Like, I don't want to be in a bad mood sitting in the hospital, um, you know, with our first kid on the way there. So uh, we made the kick, literally won the game. We go straight to the hospital basically that night um, because I was going to travel the next week. And we were like, I'm not I'm not getting on a plane if, you know, we're thinking about maybe you're going to go into labor while I'm away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we induced and my wife's a champ. It was 33 hours. Oh, of, man. Of, we're at the hospital. Yeah. So it, God bless it her. Her. So I got to miss a couple extra practices, which was nice. Um <laughs> But yeah, it was it was weird kind of doing that in season when you're so focused on football and you know all that that's going on. Um, but it it was so cool that obviously the team gave me time away to do that. And then you know it was it's kind of nice where you know I I obviously had to get my rest and all that stuff. And so my wife, especially the first few months, you know, there's not too much I can do with the feeding and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the night, I would be sleeping with earplugs in and stuff. So I'm making sure I get <laughs> as much sleep as possible with a newborn. Um, yeah. And you know, a lot of credit to my wife because that's that's tough. And she, you know, she was willing to do that so that we could have a career go well and all that good stuff. Um, but at the same time, I would get home from work every day and get you know five hours of snuggles in with the baby and all that. So um, it, it was really cool. And then you know fast forward to the end of the season and you get, you know, right now I have two months off of no football whatsoever. It's just all kind of voluntary. And so that, that's really cool that once the season ended, I got so much quality dad time with my little girl then, and now she's crawling around a little more active. Um, so, so that was really special. That's so cool. So, so ongoing now, so you're, I would have to imagine it's like a little bit of whiplash kind of going from as mentally focused and you touched on this a little bit as you have to be as a professional athlete and especially as a kicker. Like I would imagine there may not be maybe quarterback, but just mentally, that's got to be like the top priority. You got to be laser focused in those moments, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you bucket that in your brain? Like, how do you kind of work through being dad? And then also like pro athlete who's kind of got to, like mentally ready to go at all times. Yeah. And I think it's taken me a while to kind of figure that out, but like, really you got to figure out how to turn it on and turn it off. And, you know, when I, when I'm in work, I want to be in work and, you know, there's, there's no point me thinking too much about what's happening at home. Cause really there's not much I can do, you know, I don't have my phone on me anyway. So mm-hmm. it, I gotta be on when I'm in work, but when I'm driving home and when I'm, you know, set, shutting off all that stress, cause I mean, it, it's a high stress environment. You know, it's kind of this alpha male locker room environment, very, you know, performance driven and harsh, all that good stuff. And mm-hmm. so then when you go home to a newborn, you know, your wife, you can't, you can't carry that attitude over, you know, and so you got to learn how to shut it off and stuff. Um, and so I, I think I'm still learning to do that. Well, I think there's still days where I come home and I'm still on edge a little bit. Um, but I've gotten a lot better at it. And my wife's helped me a ton in that. And the baby's helped me a ton in that. Just, you know, kind of shutting it off and be able to, hey, now I'm at home. I don't need to think about football. I'm, I'm here to enjoy time with them, to, you know, hang out with the kid. 
and I'm with my wife and um, it, it, it's been a, you know, learning experience as it is for any young father, I'm sure. Um, but it's, it's been an awesome ride. And, you know, now she's 17 months, so she's running around and, you know, so much more fun to play with. She's so much more active. Um, yeah. and, and that's been a blast, especially in the off season when I have all day basically to hang out with her. Yeah. That, I'd say that's when it really starts to be, or to get fun, I think for dads, because like you said yeah. at the beginning, it's like, what can you really like? There's not a whole lot you can do. Yeah. Help the wife, and you know, and you know that I think that's a big role early on. Is you know, hey, can I get you anything? What can I do for you? You know, change diapers here and there, obviously, and you know, try and let them get a little extra rest when you can. Um, but at the end of the day, you know that they need their mom a lot more early on uh, than they need their dad. But later on, you know, I think. I'm trying to take the role as the fun dad that, you know, I'm, I'm always worn out by the end of the day from playing with her and stuff. And so, <laughs> but it, I'm having the time of my life doing it. And so, especially now that my wife's, you know, she's basically nine months pregnant. Um, so, you know, that I have to be the active father, which is, which is a blast for me. Cause I, I think that's, that's where I kind of found my little niche. Are you ready for number two to come in? I, I think so. I mean, well, we'll <laughs> it's see. an impossible question I mean, to answer. Yeah, exactly. Are you ever ready? I don't. I don't know, but um, it'll be it'll be a fun transition from you know two on one to now we're playing man coverage and one on one, and then you know eventually we'll switch to that zone coverage three on two. So oh um, yeah, yeah, I, it, it, it's exciting, but um, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine. You know, one's one's a handful, so um, we'll we'll see what two's like, but we're we're fired up about it. Two is uh, it, it's two handfuls. That's exactly. what it is. <laughs> I remember that feeling before our second son was born. I've got two boys. They're five and three. And mm. I remember that feeling like I love our oldest Mason. I love him so much. And it's like you give like all, your whole heart is on is for that kid. Right. I remember feeling like this sense of like almost like a little guilty, like a little bit yeah. of like, how in the world am I going to duplicate this? Like yeah. it doesn't feel yeah. like it's possible. And I'll just tell you this, just like friend to friend, like it happens. It's yeah. the craziest thing. You can't explain it, but that baby will come and you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. What happens. And me and Catherine have talked about that. So, I mean, literally last night we were talking about it in bed and we we're just like, how, how is it possible to love, you know, another kid as much as we love our daughter, Lily, like, especially like daddy's little girl, you know, she's mm -hmm. the first one. Um, and you know, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. So, you know, that's going to change, you know, how, I feel like boys always going to be different than, you know, how you love your daughter and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, I guess we'll see in about a month. Um, but I mean, we're obviously God's going to find a way to make us love it, which I mean, <laughs> I think that's, that's really cool. And, you know, when, when we had Lily, that was kind of the first time I really felt like I, fully understood how much God loves me that he would, you know, actually send his son down to, you know, earth to, and watch that when you, you know, just, just that unconditional love that we get to receive. And now you can kind of understand a little better because, you know, you're, you're going to love your kids unconditionally, no matter what they do. Um, especially when at that young age, <laughs> there's nothing they could do wrong. So uh, it, it's really cool. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's a, it's absolutely a God thing. You said that, um, very well. You got a lot to look forward to, man. I'm, I'm excited for you. So you mentioned, mm -hmm. you mentioned three is, is three the magic number? Are you going to I mean, keep going from there? Three, yeah. Three at least. And then keep going. At least. There. Yeah. I go. mean, I grew up with, like I said, two brothers. 
I thought that was the best. I mean, if I have three girls, we're probably going to keep going for a boy. <laughs> if we have, you know, two boys, why not have a third boy? So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. We got not, not a whole lot of control over um, how it's played out, but we'll, I think we're going to get to three and then reevaluate from there. There you go. There you go. Well, that's awesome, man. That's, that's exciting stuff. So I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you for some advice. So I think we've painted the picture of, I guess, where you're at with your family. So yeah. thinking about um, somebody else out there, young, young dad, young husband um, in your position, what's the best marriage advice that you would give to a young husband out there? Um, I would say, well, first, if, if they are a dad and make sure you still date your wife and that's, that's advice that I need to continually be reminded to. Um, and we talk about that all the time, you know, the, the time it's gone when you have a baby, you know, you, you're Mm -hmm. always focused on that. And so, you know, whenever bedtime is, or whenever nap time is, you know, just making sure you, Hey, let's actually have some focus on each other and some quality time here where, you know, we, we don't have to talk about the baby 24 seven now. Yeah. Um, and, it, and if you're not, you know, if you don't have kids yet, then date your wife and enjoy that time where you do, you know, can spend 24 seven together and, you know, have your full attention on each other. So, um, I mean, just, yeah, off the top of my head, that's, that's definitely something we're, we're still dealing with and, you know, working on because yeah, with baby number two, it's not going to get any easier. Um, so just making sure you're intentional with your time. Yeah, that's such good advice. We, we talk about that a lot on here. And that's, I mean, me too, hand raised. I always need a reminder on that. <laughs> I feel like all the time I'm apologizing to my wife. I'm just like, ah, I'm falling short on this again. Um, you know, it's, it's, but it's so important, right? It's kind of like that, that really does like being in sync with your wife, especially like with a baby, then you bring in another one. We're yeah. trying to bring in a third one. So we're, you know, we're, thinking about all that, just being connected with your wife and being able to communicate like well, so that when extra stress comes in from things like a second, third baby, whatever it is, yeah, so much easier to communicate so much easier to work through issues. So, and and that's really the only way that it happens is if you create space for it to happen, like date night and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it's your, you and your spouse, you're the team and you know, even with the kids, they're, they're part of the team, but at the end of the day, you know, sometimes it's going to be you and your wife versus them in some areas, especially when, you know, they're teenagers or something. And so, um, you know, just making sure y'all are close and y'all are connected and y'all are on the same page about things that that's going to be a huge deal. Yeah, no doubt about it. So as we start getting close to time here, I'm going to start moving towards a couple personal questions for you. A couple questions that I ask uh, the majority of our guests on here. Um, so the first question I like to frame, like for a guy like you, like professional football player, right? Like a lot of people know you, as we talked about, like a lot of people look up to you and I think you're a great example for a lot of people, but when like normal people like me, we watch NFL, you know, we watch the games. Sometimes I think we create this distance between like me sitting here and a guy on TV, like you've kind of got everything figured out, like life's good, like life's perfect. You know what I mean? You kind of only see what's on TV, what's on Instagram, right? So through that frame, it'd be easy for someone to maybe think that about you just because you've had so so much success. And I say that as a compliment, by the way, but is there anything that you maybe struggle with or something that you find yourself working on personally, kind of behind the scenes that most people might not know about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you, you can see that image, but at the end of the day, I'm a normal dad. I'm a normal husband. You know, I just have, 
a job that happens to be on TV sometimes and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, and so, I mean, for me, I say all the same struggles you, you guys have, and maybe, maybe, you know, sometimes, yeah, financially that that's taken care of right now, which is, which is awesome. But I mean, that doesn't mean there's, you know, all the other issues that a dad or a husband goes through, you know, and I'm still learning the, you know, I'm 27 years old. And so, you know, I'm still young learning day after day, um, you know, and so, you know, whether it's just time and priorities of spending time with my wife, spending time in the Bible and my word, you know, stuff like that, um, that's going to help me be a better leader for my family. Um, I mean, every, every single day, I need to continue to improve on that um, and continue to grow in those areas. That's awesome. Great answer. Um, question number two here, fastball. What are you the most proud of in your life so far? Um, I would say family, I mean, marriage and you know, obviously that's a cheesy answer on the podcast here, but, um, I mean, obviously that's, you know, you can take all the football away from me at this point. That's fine. But at the end of the day, you know, my wife and my daughter and the next one coming, you know, that that's what's really important. Obviously, you know, my faith is the number one thing and that's where it's all centered around. Um, but you know, just trying to, use my platform in that way to, you know, hopefully be an example of a good husband, of a good father, of a good, you know, Christian man. I, I think that's a, that's a huge deal for me. Um, and I, I get to do what I love, which is very special. Um, and hopefully I can show that doing what I love. All right. Last question it has to do with legacy. So legacy, as we mm -hmm. hear on social media all the time, you know, you, I think it gets misconstrued into it's dollars in the bank account, names on buildings, you know, whatever generational wealth is, you know, what you hear about all of that. When I think about legacy, I think about some of the people that are the most important to me. And I think about the people that I'm going to leave behind on this earth. So I think about my kids. Right. So I think when I think about that, I think about the moments, the, the memories, the lessons, like the little things that they're going to maybe remember about me, experiences that they've had with me, things that they learned from me that, you know, God willing, I'm able to leave them behind on earth. They'll get to kind of live their life with those as like little, little guiding lights for them. So that's what I think a legacy. So if I, if I ask you the question in, in that context, what do you want your legacy to be with your your daughter and, and future children, what would you say? Um, I, I would say, you know, my goal is to not, and I've talked about this in a young married small group kind of uh, we were going through and, it, and the goal for, you know, raising kids is not to raise good kids. It's to raise good adults. And so that, that's what I want my legacy. And, you know, my wife and I are on the same page with that. We're, if they're knuckleheads when they're kids, we, we want to obviously deal with that and we want to find ways, but we, we want to be role models and leaders and examples for them of what they can hopefully be better than as adults. And, um, you know, and, and so we've talked about, you know, Hey, do we want them to go to college? We, absolutely. We want them to do that, but we want them to know the Lord and we want to teach them that. And that's, that's the main number one thing we want our legacy to be that, that our kids would know the Lord, that their kids would know the Lord, that our great, great grandkids would know the Lord and chase after him. And um, I think, yeah, just learning to, you know, hopefully implement that. It's, it's, you know, tough with a 17 month old, we can read books if we can read little, you know, kids Bibles, all that stuff, pray. But I mean, as they're growing older, and as we have more children, I think that's our biggest goal is to have kids that love the Lord, that hopefully love us. And then that will love what they do as well. 
And I got to tell you, that's one of my favorite answers that I've gotten to that question. Awesome. I've asked, and I ask it on every interview. So bravo, uh, Daniel, thank you so much for making some time for us today. Dude, this has been a great uh, conversation. I'm super glad we were able to make this happen. So uh, where is the best place for people to follow you? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram. That's probably where I'm most, most active. So Daniel Carlson 38, I think is what it is. So, Perfect. Uh, yeah, I mean, I post here and there football stuff, but, um, maybe some cute pictures of Lily and my beautiful wife. So, um, yes, I, I appreciate the time. And I, I think what you're doing here, Brendan is awesome. So I appreciate you having me on. Let me share my story a little bit. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for saying that. Thanks for the time. And, uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Where are you? All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See you.